0: Good evening, my little teacups, and welcome back to another episode of Evening Tea with Me. I am your host, yours truly, Norma. But before we get started, I literally have nothing to do for this this podcast. Literally, I had to ask a friend that I usually shout out to. I had to ask him, what should I do for my podcast episode, for like the next one? He said, I don't know, pick something, or I hope you find something hmm i really do hope i find something ding 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 i did find something um shout out to that guy you know who you are i did ask you thank you for your unhelpful suggestion but still love you platonically um but yeah we are gonna read some non-sleeps on reddit (laughs) i'm already getting no sleep in my apartment i am literally running on two hours of sleep plus three hour naps and I'm sick yeah I'm sick I've been self-isolating myself in my apartment all I have are noodles good cereal milk that's about to run out and um coffee with creamer because I cannot have coffee without creamer oh and I have um matcha green tea which also you know that thing on TikTok? I know most of you don't even use TikTok, but you have kids that have TikTok. Or you're a teen and you're listening to this podcast and you have TikTok. Or you don't have TikTok, but your friends have TikTok. You know what I mean? Someone in your life, or you, or your parents have TikTok. And you see this, like, whipped coffee video all the time. I see it all the time. But I recently stumbled upon a video where they made whipped Matcha. Bitch. I am a type of person that won't drink coffee as much as, like, any other person does. Like, a basic bitch. I will grab matcha. And I will whip that shit up. And I will take my unsweetened coconut milk. And put it on. Woo! That shit's good. Yes, I have coconut milk and dairy milk. Um, Only because I just think certain things should be made with two different types of milks. I have coconut milk every single morning, but like I put milk into different things cause coconut milk and certain things don't mix or it doesn't make sense. So I still have to change that about myself, but that's totally fine. Um, so yeah, grab a beverage or grab your hot, hot, hot tea and we will get started because i have nothing else better to do um so yeah i'm on reddit right now and i am looking for a good story um okay so this one was 21 hours ago why i removed all of my doors from my house that's unsafe and why would you do that you're letting coronavirus in (laughs) I don't even know if they have coronavirus um, where they are, but we're gonna do it and we're gonna read it. So, if I ramble, I'm sorry. I just like talking really fast. Okay, so this is by Richard Saxon. Why I removed all of my doors from my house. Okay. My grandmother used to say her house was haunted. Okay. "'They're on the other side of the doors. "'If you listen closely, you can hear them,' she'd say. "'Her words weren't those of an afraid woman. "'They weren't filled with sadness nor despair, but rather joy. "'She'd tell me stories about the ghosts that had stayed behind in her house. "'And as she did, her eyes were always filled with longing and love. "'So they weren't bad ghosts?' I would ask, "'too young to understand the complexities of good and evil. "'Of course not, sweetheart.' It would never hurt you. I truly loved my grandma, but I didn't visit her often. My mother wouldn't let me. Now, excuse my language here. Your mom's a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, continuing. To her, the house had an uneasy atmosphere, one full of malice, as if an unknown and frightening entity loomed over the place. It didn't help that we lived several hours away, making it difficult for grandma to visit us, with her advancing age and declining health. It made me sad that she lived all alone in such a big old house, but she didn't seem to mind it. I'm not alone, she would say. Our, lo- Our love kept us together, even after he passed. I knew she was talking about grandpa, her late husband. However, she mentioned several figures that kept her company. People, I assumed, were her own parents, or even some who could have been siblings. Back in her day, people remained at home to die, spending their last moments with loved ones, comfortable at home in their own beds. And because of that, the multitude of different people had drawn their last breaths in their very own home. Oh, that hit different, bro. Okay, pause on the story. I have a grandma, and she, because I live in a Filipino household, Filipinos live really, really, really long, and so do Chinese people. Sorry, that's going to make me sound really racist, but I'm Filipino myself, so whatever Asian region that I'm saying does not make me racist, letting you know. But people who have... Uh, resided in the Asian regions, or, you know, East Asia, all of that, Middle East. A lot of old people live to be, like, triple digits, bro. My grandma is in the triple digits. That's horrifying. I don't know when she's gonna die. She's the healthiest young lady... young. She's the (laughs) healthiest old lady I've ever came to me, and she's on my dad's side. And my dad passed away when he was like like 60 to 70. I don't remember. I was five when he died. But that's open for me to say. That's scary because you don't know whether or not you're going to lose that person or not. That's terrifying to me. Hopefully, <laughs> Hopefully I live long to see my children grow up. Mind you, I will have kids, and it's gonna be a lot. But, continuing on to the story. Okay. Um, As time went by, my memories of the old house started to fade. I was too busy growing up, and my mother didn't care to visit her childhood home. And at the ripe old age of 95, my grandma passed away, peacefully in a home, with a smile still lingering on her face. Girl! Girl! I can't. Her last will and testament arrived a couple weeks later. By the time, I hadn't seen her in years, and the sight of the papers made me feel a bit guilty. There wasn't much of the personal message left behind, but it was stated that my mother would inherit all of her belongings. Everything saved from her house, which was left to me seeing as I was just in the process of getting married to my very pregnant fiance. Oh, oh boy. You better have kids and they better be hot. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. They better be like absolutely perfect to you. Every child is perfect in their own parents' eyes. I have a daycare, so all the kids are annoying, yeah, but... They're all so cute. Not gonna lie. They're all beautiful. Like, especially this one kid. Or, no, two. 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 Two kids. And they're, like, still babies. They're, like, pudgy babies. I love them so much. They are cute. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Burpees. Okay. So, seeing that I was in the process of getting married to my very pregnant fiancé, it would be a perfect gift to start uh it would be the perfect gift to start our newlywed lives that's cute see i have to wait three months letting you know and i will talk about that probably at the end of this podcast episode i'll probably read like three stories if i don't stop pausing but yeah that's a thing okay we moved in about a month later after spending what little money we had left uh furnishing the place up. I think that was supposed to say furnishing. Yeah, refurnishing the uh, the place. Like the warm yet mystical feeling of the house that held that had held when I was a child. It felt cold and eerie as an adult. Even with new furniture and fixed frames, the house was still loud with creaks. And strange whispers behind each closed door. My fiancee, soon to be wife, Alice, also noticed the strange fog of weirdness looming over the house, and my mother was still hesitant to visit. And when all of the things were said and done, my grandma had left a full, had led a full and happy life in the house, and no harm had ever come to her. So we were eager to start our lives together. It truly turned out to be. An idealistic place. Uh, perfect to raise children with lush green, sh- with lush green fields and vast forests surrounding the neighborhood. We spent the next decade there, gifted with two children. A young boy named Alex and a young girl named Amanda. From the beginning, it looked like we were making our lives happily ever after just like in fairy tales alas it wasn't meant to be on the 3rd of september 2017 my entire family was killed in a burglary gone horribly wrong oh bitch i'm sorry Mm. i don't remember much from that night itself just that i woke up to strange sounds and a shattering window I wasn't particularly a brave man, but if my family was put at risk, I'll do whatever I could do, defend them. I grabbed the baseball bat that I was planning to give Alex for his 10th birthday and went to investigate in the dark. Before I could ever turn a corner, I felt a sharp pain shoot through my chest. As one of the intruders lodged a knife in between my ribs, I fell to the ground, unable to breathe and unable to move my legs. I tried to call out to my wife to warn her about the approaching men to give her the chance to get the kids out and run but my lungs were too filled with blood and I couldn't get a single coherent word out There I lay dying helplessly on the floor as my wife tried to fight off the two men that had entered out of that uh that had entered our house She screamed as they stabbed her quickly going from panic to a gargle to silence then everything went black. I guess they didn't bother double checking or maybe a pool of blood that I'd produced around me looked dead. But despite their best efforts at ex- uh, exterminating my family I somehow survived. I woke as the ambulance rushed me to a hospital. I cried for my family as they prepped me for surgery. I didn't know that they all had been killed yet. I still had hope. But that tiny amount of belief that my wife and children had survived was quickly extinguished. (sighs) Dude, that's hard. According to the police, the intruders were junkies looking for anything that they could sell. During the break-in, they'd been uh, duped out of their minds. Oh, sorry, doped out of their minds and attacked anyone in their vicinity. Even as the police chased them down, they fought back which ultimately resulted them in both getting shot dead. No closure, no coherent reason for their break-in. Why'd they chosen our house rather than the neighbor's vacant home? I was left with no good explanation, no judgment, no justice. As for myself, the stab wound would have been deep, so much that the knife was partially damaged my spine, enough to leave me with limited use of my legs and my left arm. I would take uh, It would take months of rehabilitation before I could get back to my home, an empty house. Naturally, my mother wanted me to stay with her until I could come to terms with what had happened. She had gotten old, but still she wanted to take care of me, help me through these trying times. She meant well, but in a morbidly depressing way. Staying in that house was the last connection I had to my deceased family. It was a place of love, filled with memoirs of a life brutally cut short. Though I felt more connected to them at home, I couldn't sleep in our own bedroom, nor enter our children's rooms. Instead, I slept in the guest room, one of the few places still untamed Untainted by tragedy. Dude, that's like hard, dude. I'm not even gonna like... Just imagine that. You're in your house with your spouse. With your two children in two other rooms. Or like one other room and there's two beds decorated for a boy and a girl. You get hit with this burglary that killed your spouse, left you bleeding on the ground, and killed your two children. And they didn't give a shit. That's fucking rough. Losing your entire family that you just started. Like, come on, man. Anyways, for the next few weeks, we, uh, we were spent in a haze of denial and anger at myself. That I had failed to save my family and just at the span of five minutes, my entire world had been shattered beyond repair. I saw no solace in the foreseeable future. The house was still made its usual weird sounds, creaks, howling wind, whispers behind each and every closed door. They'd always keep me company, but in the past they'd been a little more vague and it was something to ignore, something to push back into my mind. After the tragedy, they seemed to wake up, turning coherent and understandable. As I listened intently to the house speaking, the strange whispers began to take shape. And before long, I could actually understand them. One night, three uh, three weeks and a day after I returned home, I awoke to the sound of a voice coming down the hall. I shot to my feet. I slowly approached the sounds, and it was someone singing. A beautiful cheerful voice coming from inside of our old bedroom but it wasn't just any song no it was one of uh, one of my wife's frequent humming when she got ready in the morning some old italian verse her mother used to sing to her when she was a kid well i never understood the words but it always comforted me even in the most stressful days It'd become a symbol of love, peace, the one I'd miss every day without her. Alice? I said, starting to wonder if I was actually dreaming. I pressed my ear against the door in disbelief at hearing my dead wife's voice. She didn't respond, she just kept singing on the other side. As soon as I confirmed that it was her voice, I hopelessly barged in through the door, distraught to find it empty on the other side filled with nothing but an empty bed and a closet full of clothes never to be worn again. For a second, I'd felt a grain of happiness, but it was swiftly taken away by her serene voice vanishing in the darkness of night. I collapsed to the floor and cried for the first time since their death. I've been so numb that my ability to feel was simply shut down, but the overwhelming emotion that I have felt from hearing my wife again finally broke me. I fell asleep on the floor that night and once I awoke, I convinced myself that it all had been a dream and nothing more. That heartbreaking blah, 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 that heartbreaking belief last, lasted until the next night, when I woke to laughter coming from Alex's room. Alex, is that you? I called out as I approached the closed door. The laughter, unmistakably, belonged to my dead son. That, along with the sound of toys being flung around, light footsteps running around the room, made me temporarily forget everything that happened in the past few months. Alex? I said again, with tears in my eyes. But he couldn't hear me, and once I opened the door, I was was met with another black, silent room. In the blink of an eye, I was plunged back into reality, alone and afraid. As I felt his presence vanish, I thought back to my childhood spending time with my grandmother, listening to her stories. They're on the other side of the doors, always there. If you listen closely, you can hear them, she said. The whispers that I had heard since I was a kid, they were real, just too vague and harder to decipher. My grandmother heard her husband because he was the person that she loved the most in the entire world and that's why I couldn't understand. Now that the ghost belonged to my family, it became abundantly clear why my grandmother loved that house so much. It was because that she could stay surrounded by her lost loved ones. Each night the voice continued. All of them continued. Next in line was my daughter Amanda. I heard her jumping up and down while she talked to her stuffed animals, pretending that they were real creatures out on an adventure. She sung to them with a voice most beautiful, as beautiful as her mother's. I listened while I was holding my breath. That night I never opened the door. I just sat there listening to her play around, smiling as I once again was living in a house full of life. It became a nightly routine. I'd sleep during the days and at nights I'd huddle outside of the bedroom doors with a blanket just to listen to them go about their lives. Not knowing how horrible things would have been if they weren't. Oh, wait, not knowing what terrible things had happened to them. Okay, I read that wrong, sorry. Days, weeks, and even months passed by and I lived my life vicariously through them unable to let go. It wasn't a great life, but it was all I had. I couldn't stand to lose my connection with them, so I kept at it. My wife was the first to break her usual nighttime routine. She'd usually awoken me with the sound of her singing or by telling me a bedtime story to our kids, but that would all come to a crashing end. On the particular night, I was a... I was jolted awake by the sound of her terrified screams. I shot to my feet and instinctively called out for her. On the other side of the closed door, I heard her struggle, demanding that someone would stay away from her. It was all too familiar of a memory, one that I'd struggled to forget. But it was the moment that the killers entered our room to murder her. I burst in through the door, knowing fully well that I couldn't help. But I could at least end the nightmare. As usual, once the door had been opened, everything felt silent. And then I heard cries from Alex's room. He'd been awoken by Alice's screams and wanted to find out what was going on. His cries were quickly shut up as one of the intruders entered the room and slit his throat. I heard a short whimper before he fell, too. He felt silent. Last in line was Amanda, but I quickly opened the door But I, before I could be tortured by the sounds of her frantic screams as the intruders ended her life. The following night, I decided to leave the doors open, no matter the fact that I could never hear my family again. I just couldn't face their deaths a third or fourth time. Alas, once nightfall came... The doors were inexplicably shut, and the ordeal started all over again. The screams of my wife and children, their cries as they realized what were about to happen to them, my failure to save them, it all crushed me. In the end, I had no option left but to remove each door from their hinges, to end the nightmare once and for all. Only the bathroom and the guest rooms remained. It worked. Without a filter between the real world and the past, I had nothing to listen to. Nothing safe from the deafening silence of an empty house. It was an impossible choice to live peacefully without the comforting voices of my family. Never again would I hear them again. Never again I would hear them die, but I would also be left alone forever. Then I heard the sound of someone crying. I was heading to bed when I heard a familiar voice sobbing through the guest room. It wasn't my wife nor the cries of my child. It was me. I'm sorry I couldn't save you. I stood speechless, too terrified to even open the door. But I was quickly brought back to my senses when I heard a gunshot from the other side, followed by a quiet thump, and then nothing until the point the house had always spoken to me with the voices from the past, and then something more sinister had approached, something that hadn't happened yet. I didn't go to sleep that night, nor did I dare ever enter the guest room. I simply sat at the kitchen table until I passed out from a haze of exhaustion and alcohol, and once daylight arrived, I removed the door as well. Whether I had heard... Behind that door is my ultimate destiny. Or if I somehow survived this nightmare remains to be seen. I can't say that I haven't thought about ending it all, but for now, I just removed every single door from my house. At least it's finally quiet. Oh my God. I just realized what the ending would be if, you know, he couldn't handle it. He'd off himself in the guest room. Oh my god. What I thought about that story, yo, that shit fucks me up. Losing your family is one thing. Hearing their voices is another thing. But offing yourself because you couldn't handle it, and you're just, you're seeing what your destiny could be if it was, it became too overwhelming and too much for you to handle losing your family in the house where most people died, that's deep and scary, you know? Like, imagine your scenario, and then that's your ending. Oh, God. Oh, I'm not sleeping tonight. That's um. That's a thing. I could read one more. I could read one more. I could read one more. Okie dokie. Um. Oh my god, there's COVID 19 stories on here. Oh my god, I'm not even gonna read it. Ooh, I'll probably read that one. Um, um, these are some weird ass stories. I'm not gonna lie. Ooh! Ooh! Um. Oh, God. Wait. I kind of want... This is a series, though. I don't want to read series. Um. Oh. Okay. So, let me see how long... Oh, my. Okay, this one is... Wait. Wait. Hold on. Wait, I have to check. Ah, oh, jeez. What the hell? They paid me $5,000 to go through hell? Pfft, bitch, I'll go for free. <laughs> um um what the hell okay you know what we're gonna find something else why is that oh no mm. wait what the, why is this a oh wait is this oh it's a siri oh fucking hell okay whatever Okay, so this is a series. I won't read all of it because cliffhanger. Um, You're welcome. Okay, so this is by Natu Desu. I don't even know if I say that correctly, but it's fine. Uh, My long-distance girlfriend wanted to video call me. Now I hear tapping on my window. Fuck that shit. Sorry. (laughs) I hate that. I hate that so much. Okay. So about a year ago, I joined a Japanese culture appreciation club in my college. That's a thing? Yo, bitch. Okay. As a person who had a love for the culture, I assigned to show some traveling students the sights around the country. And that's how I met my girlfriend, Misaki. Aw, oh, that's so cute. She was friendly and very eager. E-girl? Haha, <laughs> sorry. She was very friendly and very eager to befriend me when we first met. We kept in touch long enough for decide to test our waters a little bit. Oh my god, so cute! Haha! <laughs> we kept video chatting and texting each other to maintain our relationship, and so far it's been working out for us. Good for you! But I know this is a scary story and I'm not even going to be sleeping, but... <laughs> The first part may sound like disgressing on my part, but I needed to get it out of the way because of what was been happening between us but Oh my god, there's a coronavirus in here. Oh my fucking god. Here we go. Here the fuck we go. Here the fuck we go. I So for starters, I managed to catch the dreaded coronavirus so I had been keeping myself quarantined in my apartment until I get better. I've been keeping in touch with my family and my friends and reassuring them that I am fine and I will recover from it. Misaki was obviously one of them, and aside from my parents, she'd been checking up on me the most. But then it got weird. Like, how weird, bitch. So anyone who's ever known me for quite a long time knows that I tend to go to bed around 9pm. Same, but not today. Um, well, imagine my surprise to hear a ringtone at 11 p.m. I groan, still feeling weak from the sickness. I checked who the hell was calling me at this time, and imagine my surprise to see Misaki's name on the caller screen. I answer it, putting my phone on loudspeaker. Hello? <laughs> I spoke out, Lawrence! She called out in a heavily accented Voice, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to offend anyone. Hi, Misa chan why are you calling me at this time? I asked, a bit annoyed that I did not want to shun her immediately. Um, "Eh, Can we video chat, please? Misaki asked, though I slightly groaned to myself. Can't this wait till tomorrow? Please, it's really important. Misaki pleaded, and I did eventually relent since this did sound very urgent. I booted up my laptop and launched the messaging app, immediately entering the video chat mode to see Ms. Yuki already at the computer. So what is it? I yawned as she seemed rather pensive about something. I wanted to teach you how to make Afuda. I don't even know what that is. Afuda being the protective talisman hung around the house in Japan for protection of the household. Oh, so like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say honestly. I, I I'm so tired. Um it was really suspicious that I've never even heard of a DIY afuda. As far as I can recall, it is about recu- uh equivalent of making holy water from a faucet. I mean, you can make holy water, but you just have to have it being blessed by a priest. Um Now, I ask, I had to stay awake for this crap, apologies for the bluntness, but is this really urgent? Please, I know it's a bother, but please do it with me," Misaki pleaded. I I was sleepy and sick, but I could have had a hint. Wait, I could have caught a hint of desperation in her voice. I sighed and nodded, being complaint. Oh, being compliant, and hoping that this was something good. Misaki sighed in relief. Okay, you won't regret this. Oh, kill myself! <laughs> Sorry. She sighed in relief, and then she took some materials out to show me to them. You need to br- uh, You need a brush pen, and Japanese paper. You still have arts uh, materials that I mailed you, right? Mizuki showed me the tools that I needed. Yes, I groaned as I took them out from under my bed. Okay, good. Now that you can choose from any of these, afuda, and then I write your character down on a piece of paper. She instructed me, uh, though she seemed a bit in a rush. It was only 11.30 p.m., and I wasn't sure what the hurry was. If you're in a hurry, we could- No, 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 no. It's fine. Just pick one. Misaki said, irritated, even though she wasn't in a hurry to any place to be irritated since she woke me up for this but i chose one and i showed it to her okay good now copy the characters down on your paper i did as i was told but my penmanship wasn't exactly the best since i was an amateur at drawing characters not to mention very sleepy and sick i replicated it as best as i could and then i showed it to her and she nodded at that audibly painting as i showed oh audibly panting as i showed it to her she looked like she was in a hurry, but if someone's life depended on it... Oh. Okay, now, do you have any holy items with you? Misaki asked. I have some holy water and salt, I think. I yawned. It was 11.45pm. Bitch, go to sleep. Okay, so uh, sprinkle them onto your paper and say a short prayer. Are you sure? It's not Japanese. Oh... Okay. Um. I don't know why it's not loading. Yo, it's not loading. Hold on, bitch. Okay, sorry. Uh, Are you sure it's not Japanese? Just do it, please. Misaki begged me again as I relented yet again, taking the water And the salt from the altar. And then sprinkling it over the crudely made afuda. Muttering a Hail Mary and Glory Be. And not really believing in those things. But they were only prayers that I knew. And I wasn't sure what all of this was for anyways. But it made her happy. So I kept it up for a bit longer. Okay, I'm done. Hang it on your window. Why are you not loading, bro, is the question. Eh. Continue. This one? This one. This one? Okay, I found it. We're fine. Okay. Hang on, on your window, bitch. Misaki instructed as I just was hanging the afuda on the curtains and then returning to my laptop. It was 11.55 by the time we finished. Misaki, um... Oh, excuse me. So Misaki sighed as she looked at the clock behind her. She seemed rather exhausted by this herself, despite having a bother uh having to bother me for it are you okay misaki um though misaki broke into soft sobs in the moment that i asked that i'm sorry about this i'm just trying to save your life misaki broke down until and still i failed to understand what she meant there wasn't much time to explain to you but please survive the video freezes and gets cut off i look at the clock it's 12 a.m i assume that it was just the internet failure since you could never trust these companies anyways. I closed my laptop and immediately went to bed, though as soon as I closed my eyes, I can hear soft tapping at my window. I ignored it for a short period of time, but the incessant tapping kept me from fully falling asleep despite my condition. I sat up from my bed, unable to sleep with that tapping on my window. I glanced at my poorly made afuda to see that the bottom of the portion of the paper was turning black. And from the tiniest gap of the curtains, I could see wide bloodshot eyes staring right into my room. Fuck that shit! You know what? Actually, I'm going to make a part two. So, I'm going to read No Sleeps, part two! So, uh, here's a cliffhanger from now. So, yeah, uh, I'll see you guys in part two. Bye!